Hello and welcome to another episode of Save Your Life with Steph Beck podcast. Today, I'm so excited to be interviewing a phenomenal female business owner who is very aligned with everything that I've been posting about, Allie Martinez. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be with you. So I've noticed, and for those of you that don't know, Allie was on Big Brother. How many years ago was that now? Oh, geez. Season six. So that's probably like five, five years ago, five, six years ago, almost six years ago. Wow. (laughs) And I've been following you since you got out of the house and I've just noticed such a blossoming in your personality and identity. Mm. And I can tell with what you post, like I can tell you've been through a lot. I can tell that you've worked through a lot of deep stuff. Yeah. How authentic you are now in your posting it's almost like you are just birthing your soul into the world. And that's mm-hmm. why I want to have you on here because mm-hmm. anyone who's just such an authentic version of themselves, I want to get that out there so that yeah. other people can be inspired to be authentically themselves too. Amen. I love that. And thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, I like to think that I have undergone, as many of us do, but often don't recognize many deaths and rebirths and shedding of the skin, if you will. And by skin, I mean identities that no longer serve us or are in alignment with who we are desiring to step into. So there has been, and I would say probably over the last, like specifically when I came out of Big Brother, I decided to hang up my real estate license because Big Brother gives you that opportunity to really sit and do nothing (laughs) but think and when you want to break from the game because the game can be really all consuming you think about the life you that's waiting for you on the outside and when I reflected on that I was like ah yeah there's really some things in that life that I'm not really looking forward to going back to and being radically honest with yourself can often be really uncomfortable because there's stories that come up like I can't I can't give up my real estate. I work so hard for it. I invested so much time, so much money, so much energy. What will people think if I quit? Will they think I'm a failure? What will my parents say? So there's all of these other influxes of noise that is just programming and conditioning and like, don't quit. You stick to it. You blah, blah. But it's like, but if I'm radically honest with myself and I'm not happy and it's just not the job for me or the career path for me, and I should be proud that I tried it and I've learned so much, but it's just not for me. So it took me time to get to a place where I could be like, I'm going to hang that up and I'm going to go into where my passion is, which at the time was fitness. And so taking off one hat and putting on another hat and trying that on for size, you know, I, I'm a, I don't know if you know much about human design, but I'm a manifesting generator. So I am multi-passionate. I am the type of being that like, Ooh, that's interesting. Let me try that. Ooh, that's interesting. Let me try that. And I just like to try, try, try. And so that's kind of like how I go to school, the school of life. I didn't really go to a university. I just like whatever interests me, I study that, I learn that, I try to master that, and then we move on, you know? And so 
I just went off on a tangent there. I, don't even know. No, I love it. This is, flowing. this is flowing because I relate to that so much because I like to try things and see what feels right. Oftentimes mm-hmm. we go out of tune with what feels right. Mm-hmm. And as children, we feel our way through life. Through yeah, life. And yeah. Eventually we just start to become so conditioned by expectations and pressure and societal norms that we actually lose our depth perception. Mm-hmm. We don't see the beauty in any anything anymore. We just see yeah. through a filter and through a lens that the distortions, parents, the distortions, yeah. really. So we have to get back to this place where we see that depth perception. We're seeing the beauty in life, and mm-hmm. something we post it all the time is we see the beauty in life that we see in ourselves. Mm, I love that. Yeah, if we really see beauty in ourselves. How can we see it in anything else? And if we have all these expectations on ourselves we're not really going to see things how they really are. We're going to have that trauma filter. So how do you feel like you really started breaking down those layers? That's a beautiful question. And I will say the first step for me personally was creating a level of safety within myself. I feel like when it comes to self-exploration, um, a lot of the times why we avoid or distract with the cell phone or my kryptonite is reality TV. Like there's something so <laughs> like soothing about watching somebody else's life go up in flames. You know what I mean? And so for me, it was like realizing that this was an avoidance pattern. And the reason I was avoiding was because it w- it felt really uncomfortable in my body to sit in silence with my thoughts and my emotions like that felt like oh god i can't do that so like i have to scroll or i have to watch tv or i I have to hang out with somebody like i was somebody who really couldn't even be alone like i didn't even like being alone because i didn't like feeling like shit. i'm gonna be stuck with thoughts and emotions and so for me creating a sense of safety in the body and so regulating your nervous system and learning how to do that through breathing practices and understanding what it means to ground your energy. So dropping out of the mind, the busyness, the noise of the mind, because the mind is where most of our distortions live, right? And so when you can start to recognize that you are not your mind, in fact, we're broken down into different um, energetic or mental pillars, if you will, like we have a mental pillar, an emotionality pillar, and then our intuitive pillar, right? So The mental pillar is where all of our fears, our doubts, our insecurities live, and it can feel very tight and constricting and limiting and dark and narrow, right? So recognizing how does that feel in my body? And when we drop down out of the mind through the power of breath, so deep intentional breathing, when you're focusing on the breath, not what's happening in the mind. Because all of what's happening up here is it doesn't all belong to you. So when you can start to breathe and create some space between you and the mind, drop down into your emotionality pillar. This is where your emotions live, where your sensations live. And so when you can start to tap into that, create the space, you can, one, not only create more safety, but two, create um, the ability to discern 
the ability to have better perspective and clarity. You're viewing things from a different vantage point. So instead of viewing things from the constriction and the tightness of the narrow mind, the logical mind, which is wired for survival, you can now view it from a more expansive place, the heart, right? And from the heart, there's clarity. And so that for me was huge because now I could ask questions and feel grounded in my energy and not feel like it's a personal attack on myself or my being. It's like, no, 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 I'm not judging you. I'm curiously and compassionately asking, what are you afraid of? What lives here? That is so deep. That is like, I have goosebumps, full Mm. body goosebumps here because what really prevents us from tapping into that is our ego. Yeah. That identity that's like, no, I can't let go of this. People are expecting me to do this, or people want me to do this, or I'm patient mm-hmm. on myself. So then we're confined. And I lived a big majority of my life where I took on an identity that was not authentically me. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't happy and I felt it in my body. And all of these symptoms were coming out insomnia, anxiety, depression, right. binge eating disorder, bulimia obsessive tendencies just to distract me from this discomfort I was feeling in my body. And what you described really reminds me of something that I say is when you're out of alignment with your source, it's like you have one leg on one boat and another leg on another boat, and it's stretching further and further apart. And it's like we're sticking a Band-Aid on it to just numb the pain. Mm-hmm. And that, that's justifications, justifications. Mm-hmm or holding on to an identity in our ego, but really stepping out out of that. And I find that really hard to tap in with people that are not ready to hear that because they're clinging to their ego so tightly. Mm-hmm. So it's like you have to get to a certain part of awareness, really realizing that I'm genuinely not happy and I'm not being authentic in order to even be able to hear what we're saying. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody's on their own journey and everybody is on their own path, but some I feel like some tell signs for like what I share with my clients and with my audience is, you know, what is your energy when you wake up in the morning, right? What do you gravitate to when you're driving? What do you, what do you engage in when you're eating? What are your pastime hobbies? Like, are you living for the weekend? And cause I, there's no judgment because I, I used to wake up with dread. I had massive road rage on the road. I had like full expectations of just living for the weekend and getting drunk on the weekends and numbing, numbing, numbing and telling myself I'm having so much fun. And don't get me wrong. Some of it was fun. Okay. But it was this like, again, this distortion, this is fun. This is fun. But I remember even being in like some drunken states telling a close friend of mine, like, man, I just know that I'm meant for so much more than this. Like even drunk, I could say with confidence, I know I'm meant for so much more. I'm yearning for something. And like the truth sometimes comes out when you're drunk. Right. And so there was still this piece of me and it took getting to this point of like deciding and declaring, I want more. And I don't know what that looks like. And I don't know what that means. And I don't know how the hell I'm going to get there. But I want more. Right? Until you declare it, it's hard to start taking those steps. 
because you don't need to have all the answers. You don't need to know all the steps. But when you declare something, there's something really powerful that happens with like God and source and everything starting to work together for you. It's always trying to work for you, right? But until you declare it, you're not open to receiving and to seeing how it's all coming together and working for you because the steps have always been there. But when you're not open, when you're contracted, when you're closed off, you're cutting yourself off from that connection. So declaring it is essentially you opening up your heart and saying, okay, I'm willing to see, show me. Yeah. And that really reminds me of, are you familiar with the Hawkins scale of consciousness? I am. I am. Yeah. So the contracted state versus the expansive state. And in the contracted Mm. states where we're feeling apathy and guilt and shame and fear, that's all really heavy, heavy emotions. Mm -hmm. And we're talking to someone when you're asking these questions of what are what do your habits look like? They can oftentimes get defensive. Of course. Because when we're in this contracted state, we feel like we're protecting ourselves, but we're Mm -hmm. actually hurting ourselves more because we're not in an open state to receive anything loving and helpful. Not only we step into that willingness and letting go of our pride, letting go of our ego, Mm -hmm. and letting love into our hearts, opening Mm -hmm. our hearts. So Mm -hmm. we can actually see that wow, there's so much more out here. Yeah. I wasn't able to see it because I was too scared. Yeah. A big piece of that too that I often share with clients and my audience is it's important to have so much loving, compassion, and patience with yourself. Because when you've been living a certain way for so long, example, close off, because so much has happened in your life that has caused you to close off. Yeah. Instead of judging yourself for how you are, can you meet yourself with so much compassion? Can you recognize that at your core, your essence is love? Even if you don't feel it, you came into this world as the essence of love. And throughout your life, experiences and situations and people have come in and they have hurt you or they have betrayed you or they have whatever it is, they have caused ruptures and wounds that if they haven't been processed because you didn't give yourself the spaciousness because you didn't know how, because nobody taught you, because you didn't know the ways to do so, these ruptures, these wounds, they stay trapped in your body. They stay trapped in your body, like frozen in time. And a lot of it actually happens between the ages of zero to seven, like our formative years, right? So our relationship with our parents, our relationship with caregivers, authority figures, teachers, whatever it may be, a lot of how we perceive the world is determined between ages zero to seven. And so it can be hard work to untangle these knots to process these wounds from when you were zero to seven, if you don't know how. And so having the utmost compassion for yourself is the remedy because there's going to be many a times where as you're moving through this inner work, inner body work, as I like to call it, you'll want to be resort and default to self-judgment, self-criticism, self-loathing. And so the invitation is in that moment where you feel those feelings Can you also find another part of your body where you can feel the essence of love and 
wherever you feel the judgment, can you send the love over to that space? Wow. That's deep. Yeah. And so that's duality. It's understanding that shame, guilt, anger, frustration, fear, all of this is going to come up as you do this inner body work. It's inevitable. And in fact, it's coming up because it's showing you where you need to heal because the body is always speaking to you. So as these emotions are coming up, can you, through the dropping out of the mind, using your breath to drop into your emotionality, into your body, into your intuition, can you create the space to hold that energy, allow yourself to feel without necessarily attaching to it? Yeah, because where we create suffering is where we attach to the pain or the narratives or the thoughts that come up, the conditioning. So can you just learn to hold it, but still also hold the energy of love, right? Or compassion or patience or understanding that is duality. Yeah. And then that allows you to look at it objectively rather than Mm -hmm. with judgment. Exactly. Exactly. And I find myself, like when I do my grounding work in the morning, I'm really in a space where I'm letting go of judgment, but then judgment can creep in in little subtle ways where we mm-hmm. don't recognize it. And then hours later, we realize, oh God, what happened to that free space I was in? Now I feel contracted. Mm-hmm. Where did that start? It could have thought, it could have started from a thought of, oh God, I'm going to be late for something, or mm-hmm. oh my God, I'm going to let somebody down. And that's a judgment. And then we're totally out of that space again. Yes. Exactly. And can you observe that? Let's say you notice it hours later. Can you observe that as the conscious awareness within you? Because you're not your thoughts. You're not your body. You're not the meat suit that you're wearing. Okay. You're not Steph. You're the conscious being inside of Steph. Okay. So can you observe that and then trust that it's coming up for a reason? Oh, there's another layer. There's another layer of you, right? So instead of there's another layer of you that needs to be peeled back, that needs to be felt, that needs to be seen, that needs to be heard, right? And so when you catch it, can you celebrate that you caught it instead of making it wrong or bad? Yeah, using it as information. And that's what I find. Wisdom. can look at it and say, okay, I recognize that as information because maybe I just didn't want someone to be mad at me. Yeah, that's, that's one of my internal things that I have from childhood. I don't want anyone to be mad at me. I always had that good girl mentality, Mm -hmm. ruffle any feathers. And a lot Mm -hmm. of people I work with, a lot of women I work with have this mentality and it really holds them back. Yeah. And so there's so many, so many ways, just in you saying that there's so in in my one-on-one coaching containers, there's so many ways I could go about that. From there, we could explore your relationship with your parents. Right. From there, we could explore the people pleaser aspect. Right. From there, we can explore what your boundaries are. Do you know them? Do you uphold them? Do you communicate them? Do you know how to communicate them? Right. Then we can go into self-forgiveness. There's probably a whole play school of little Steph's running around inside frozen in time for a moment that she was like, bad girl, Steph. Right. And so what I do with my one-on-one clients in the radical transformation program is take them there, right? Intuitively, I trust their bodies to lead us to the prominent memory where this belief 
wound lives in the body and we reparent, we untangle, and we say to little Steph what she needed to hear in the moment, right? Because what happens is when we're children and our emotional needs aren't met, we get, we develop these unconscious protectors that come online that teach us how to cope with certain situations so that we can have that need met. So kids throwing tantrums, for example, right? There's an emotional need under the tantrum, but because they're a child and they don't know how to communicate what their need is, ah, 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 they scream, right? And if the parent concedes to that, what has the child just learned? That having a tantrum works. Yeah. Okay. So I just need to get loud. I just need to get aggressive and I'll get what I want. And so unconsciously that becomes a subconscious programming. Right. And so, yes. And so it's the same thing. If a child is told bad girl, bad girl, without explanation or without understanding, her emotional need is going to become, I need to be loved. I need to be accepted. So I'm going to do everything in my power to be a good girl. So I can't do this and I can't do that. And I can't do this and I have to do this. And so the perfectionist comes online. The people pleaser comes online. That is so profound. So profound. Once you can actually tap tap into that with yourself, with compassion. That compassion mm. is the missing piece. You can only get there with compassion. It's wild. And it gives you so much information and wisdom in order to take with you into the next chapter of your life. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Your relationships, your relationships, right? Like think about your ex-boyfriends, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Think about your exes. How many, you know, the dynamics. Like I, I had an ex too that I was with for like six years and it was the most toxic relationship but i grew up in a home where there was a lot of toxicity yeah it's what we are just repeating patterns right and so it takes an incredible amount of awareness and compassion and spaciousness to be able to view it from a different vantage point where you can go oh i see this pattern oh that's that doesn't belong to me oh and if you want to go even further having so much compassion not only for yourself but for others because when you have compassion for yourself you have more compassion for others in areas where i used to let's say blame my mom or blame my dad now i can see oh there's just a wounded child in them as well they did the best they could with what they knew but their parents also did this 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 and this And so there's just an inner child, a wounded child within them that they also haven't processed. And can we just have compassion for humanity because we're all just a bunch of, you know, wounded children inside here on this earth to break patterns, heal ancestral lineage and begin anew. Yeah. And I even realized with myself and I love getting raw and vulnerable here because that's what that's what we do. I had to learn my cycle of jumping into a relationship and completely abandoning myself in order Mm. to keep them happy. And with my therapist, we had to go back to my childhood where I was bullied and my parents were fighting all the time and I couldn't express my own needs all the time. Yeah, there you go. That was a burden, you know? So I had to just make sure everyone else was okay and and mom could cry and I could just step out and and just take care of myself. Mm Mm-hmm. 
and come out and say, okay, well, what can I do here? How can I behave in a way that's going to keep the peace? Yeah. Heavy. That is crazy. Yeah. Same with that toxic relationship. I fought for it for six years when I should have walked many times. And one of the things that rang in my head through the infidelity, through the verbal abuse, emotional abuse was my mom's voice. You fight, you fight for it. You fight for it. You fight for it. You fight for it. Right. And so like in retrospect, you don't fight for that. (laughs) No, honey. You don't fight for that. You honor who you are, but it's that conditioning. It's what we grow up hearing. You don't give up. You fight for it. And so I did that for six years and it created so much trauma in my body, but I don't regret it. Right. Because now I'm healing ancestral wounds now. So I'm speaking for so many women in my lineage who have gone through the same thing. And I'm saying, ladies, ancestors, we're healing this. We are cutting this, breaking this cycle for future generations to come. Absolutely. Because that lives in our DNA. And so we're just repeating. We're just repeating. We're just repeating. And so sometimes we need to go through the hardships in order to break the chain. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what do you do personally when you find yourself slipping back into the old programming? <sighs> yeah. Sometimes it's, it's pretty quick. Sometimes I can notice it right? Like, especially when, when it comes to things with, with the work that I'm doing in the world, it's very vulnerable work. It is not for everybody. And I create from the body and I create through the channel of what, you know, God is telling me humanity needs, but there's that piece of you. That's always like, nobody's going to want this. Nobody's going to care. Who do you think you are? You can't succeed at this. You're in over your head. You can't do this. Right. And so I just sit with it. Like this morning, even I just had a little, like little cry. And I was like, I know you're scared. I know you're scared. It's okay. You're scared because you're stepping into foreign territory. You're scared because you're expanding yourself. You're stretching yourself. Yeah. You've never been to this space before. You've never been seen in this light before. And that's scary because you're having to bear another piece of your soul. And there's still a desire to be loved and accepted as you are. And there's this fear that you won't be. And so that's scary, right? So I just allow myself to feel it. I just allow myself to feel it. I don't judge myself for it. Yeah. If I need to cry, I cry. If I need to shake, I shake. Right. I try to move this energy out of my body and I just come back, come back to my center. Do you find that the more you are reiterating to yourself that, hey, I got you. Hey, mm-hmm. I got you, yeah. Building that secure attachment within yourself so that yeah. you are reparenting yourself. You do have your own back. And you do feel that level of safety within yourself. So in times yeah. you feel vulnerable and scared, you know that there's an inner parent there saying, no, hey, you got this. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly that. That's that voice. It's like, I know you're scared. It's okay to be scared. Stepping into something new is scary, right? So do it afraid. Do it afraid. Because, and I just, I really like pep talk myself through it. I was like, because even what you consider to be failure will be a gain. Because you can't fail. 
You truly can't fail. If no one shows up, if no one does this, you still haven't failed because you've just learned so much and you're going to pivot and you're going to move and you're going to, it's just, it's, it's, it's really being your own cheerleader and then doing what you say you're going to do is building new trust, new neural pathways, new levels of confidence and stacking new evidence, right? Because me doing the thing that scares me is proving, is my body proving to my mind that I can. Because if I don't do it afraid and I don't do what I said I was going to do, then my mind is stacking more evidence to prove, see, I told you, you can't do it. Oh, self-sabotage. Yeah. Right. So do it afraid. Right. People think that I, I'm scared means I can't. I'm scared doesn't mean I can't. Yeah. Right. I'm scared just means I'm scared. And like, yeah, shit, I'm scared. Can you just allow yourself to feel the fear? And just like observe, like, what do you, what is the fear saying? Like, what are you afraid of? Cause it's probably going to show you a bunch of conditioning that doesn't really belong to you. And then some of it is just like, yeah, you're going to be afraid and that's okay. Cause you're stepping into something, you're pushing your edges, you're stretching yourself, you're growing. Like fear is actually usually means bitch, you're about to grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's what fear actually means. It's not saying you can't do it. It's like, girl, you about to grow. Okay, you ready? Strap I love that. I love that. And I really feel like that level of discernment really gives us a superpower. That is a superpower that Mm -hmm. so many of us don't tap into. And a lot of times it takes something very crucial and critical to happen in our lives before we Mm -hmm. realize, oh, I actually have a lot of power. And Mm -hmm. people feel powerless. Oftentimes we get their power. Yeah feeling so powerless until yeah. we actually use that level of discernment and realize, oh, I have a wise mind here. Mm-hmm. I don't have to be flying by the seat of my pants and using my monkey mind mm-hmm. all the time. I actually have this level of discernment within myself and I can actually have a beautiful life. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what brought you to working with people on this? So you were obviously very passionate about it. You clearly learned everything you need to learn. You have a wealth of knowledge. I'm I'm blown away with your wealth of knowledge here. You've clearly done the work personally and gathered all this knowledge so that you can help other people. This is obviously your mission. What really brought you to say, okay, this is what I'm doing? Yeah. So like I said, after Big Brother, I was like, okay, real estate isn't it. (laughs) And I went into what my passion was at the moment, which was fitness, really. And what I realized is that it's always been about being in service. Yeah. I just didn't know to what extent or what capacity. So in the moment, and again, it's like, people need to just trust that they're following those little intuitive breadcrumbs, right? I didn't, in that moment, I wasn't like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be like a somatic embodiment empowerment coach someday. That was not even a thought in my mind. It was just, I want to help people feel good about themselves. I want to help people be healthy. I want to help help people be fit. I want to help people feel confident. That's what it was. Right. And so I went into personal training. I did group fitness. I launched a group fitness program or a group fitness class that was all about like shaking your booty, dancing and getting a killer workout at the same time. I did one-on-one personal training. I started online 
uh, group coaching programs. Like I went all in and I, I met a lot of success, but what happened was I realized I was out of alignment, but it took a while to get in to that point because I pushed, first of all, it was very much me needing to unaware of the masculine distortions that I was working under, where it was like, hustle, 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 push, 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 grind, 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 metrics, numbers, metrics, numbers. And it was like completely out of alignment. And I didn't know it until I reached full burnout. And I got to the point where I was like, I don't want to do any of this anymore. And I was like, well, shit, what do you mean? Like, if you're not doing this, then what are you doing? You know? And so it got to the point where I didn't want to make workout programs anymore. I was sick and tired of making meal plans. I was frustrated with my clients because I was like, I'm giving you steps A, B, C, and D. You're doing it. And then as soon as you're not with me, you stop doing it and it all comes back. So what's the problem here? And it really took space and time to realize, oh, I care more about helping people eradicate the problem. I went through the same thing. Yeah. And so in order to do that, I have to go inside, inside of them. I'm, I'm working on the outside. I'm doing all the external work with them, but I realize I actually want to help them with the internal work. Yeah. It's like building the roof without the foundation. Yeah. So that's what led me. That's what led me to, you know, getting certified with my trauma informed coaching certification and, and just diving all in with, you know, breath work and understanding somatic practices. And I love you and appreciate you for saying that I, I have it all, but I'm still every day I'm learning, like every single day I'm learning and discovering, but you're right. So much of the work is mastered and learned from doing it on yourself. Yeah. So I offer the guidance and the support and the tools, right? Um, and that's what we do with Radical Transformation or Radical Rebirth Transformation. That's a one-on-one coaching container. That's what I do with my small group coaching container in Homecoming. It's all about coming home to yourself, the real you, the core of who you are, not who the outside world tells you to be. That's what we do in Redefining You. That'll be my first in-person coaching or in-person retreat. So it's the basis and the essence of everything that I do because it's, like you said, laying the foundation. Exactly. Teaching people what safety is. Teaching people how to ground their energy. Teaching people how to observe the identifications and the noise and the stories and the narratives that are running unconsciously right? Teaching people how to create duality in their life, teaching people how to choose compassion over judgment. Because it's one thing to say it, it's another thing to do it and to feel it, right? So that is what I'm passionate about is really helping people build the foundation. Once you've got the foundation, then you can go here, you can change this, you can change that, you can do all of the things once you've got the foundation. Because you're solid, then you're solid. Yeah, yeah. more solid than you yeah, were. Yeah, yeah. The foundation. Yeah. So get more clear on your programs and what you offer. If anyone's looking to reach out to you, uh, in-person options, online options. Yeah. Let's break so, it all. For sure. So the radical rebirth transformation is either a three or a six-month container, and it is through application because it's important for me to make sure that the energy is right. Not every person is for every coach, 
right? And vice versa. So it's integral for me to have like a one-on-one connection call with somebody. So you could just um, move with Allie, right? Move with Allie on Instagram, click the link in the in the bio and apply through that radical rebirth transformation. But this is a one-on-one container because I love one-on-one and I love group coaching for different reasons, but one-on-one is deep dive, like one-on-one deep dive. And so we discern between three or six months, depending on where you are on your personal journey and what it is that you are desiring to create in your life. So that's radical rebirth. And then there is a small group coaching container, which I'm running for the first time, but I'm already obsessed. So we'll probably run it again and it's homecoming. And this is for right now, a maximum of five people maximum right now there's two and that's so yummy because it gives us so much time together but this includes like you know sister chat like ongoing support and weekly calls and again it's really about building the foundation but what i love about this container is that there is not only power in working one-on-one with me in the container but there's also so much power in hearing and learning from other women's experiences. There's a lot of parallels and you realize, oh my God, like we're all just in it together. Yeah. So there's something really powerful and beautiful in building community in that. And so that's homecoming. Homecoming is a four week intensive and immersive. So a four week program laying the foundation and being in community. And then the Get Embodied Bootcamp is a new offering. It's actually a resurrection because I did it seven years ago, but seven years ago it was inspired by Beyonce and her alter ego, Sasha Fierce. And it was just about dancing to super pump up music, getting a killer workout session in and having fun with the girls, right? And it was 60 minutes. Here we are seven years later and my transformation over the past seven years, and it's now called Get Embodied Bootcamp. So way more substance now. Way more substance now, yeah. Still that same Get Bodied Bootcamp energy, like we're still coming to be goddesses in this space, but it's a mix, a melding, a remarkable melding of personal training, mindset coaching, and somatic practices all in one. So it's a 90 minute experience and we do a little bit of everything and it's absolutely epic. and it's accessible to everyone because it's virtual. Oh, okay. I was yeah. Gonna... That's yeah, it's accessible. Really yeah, accessible to everyone because it's virtual. So much fun. I can't wait. Um, and the last thing I'm doing is an in-person retreat. So if you are local to the Vancouver, BC area, or if you want to make a trip out here, I'm doing my um, first in-person retreat. It's going to fall on the same week as my birthday. And it's called Redefining You. And that really means a lot to me because I feel like where I'm at in my life, I've been redefining myself a lot. Like, oh, in so many ways, I've been redefining myself, who I am, what I stand for, what I want to put out into the world, the impact I want to make. And it's also one of the things I'm redefining is my relationship with alcohol. So I chose for it to specifically be on my birthday week because it's the first birthday where I'm going to be sober. And that means something to me. It's just redefining what birthdays mean to me. I feel like we live in a society where the culture is very much like birthday, Christmas, anniversary, promotions, like everything is like we celebrate with alcohol. 
and I'm redefining my relationship with alcohol. And so I thought, I thought like, what a beautiful way to celebrate my birthday, being in connection with other beautiful people in beautiful nature, celebrating life and redefining who we are without alcohol. So I'm really excited. And that will be middle of August. So I would love to do one of those. I would love for you to come. I (laughs) I am so like, I could talk about this stuff for hours. Anyone that knows it's just, it's my passion and I can tell that it's yours and you clearly have the personality, you have the oomph, you have all of it to just birth it into the world beautifully. So I'm so excited to see everything that you are going to achieve with this because it's going to be big. Thank you so much, my love. I appreciate that. And I hope to squeeze you in person soon. (laughs) So what would be your final message to someone that is just feeling like they want more for their lives and they just don't know what it is? Mm, I love this question. It's okay. It's okay not to know. You don't need to know. My message for you is open yourself to exploring what there is. We often get fixated on the need to know the outcome, the steps, the how, the where, the when. And it's okay not to know any of it. Right now, where you are, what you're feeling, what you're going through, Just decide that you want more and open yourself up to receiving. Allow yourself to really be in the energy of like, show me, show me. You're making me tear up here. That was straight from source. That was straight from source. Yeah, eyes closed and everything. (laughs) Girl, you got some powerful stuff going on. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day. Is there any last minute things you'd like to share? No, just thank you so much. I One of the things that I'm inviting in for and I'm opening myself up to for the latter half of this year is collaboration. And so... I feel like for me, things, one of the things that has redefined even in business is shifting the focus from like metrics and numbers and outcomes to just mission. And so these types of collaborations are really impactful for me. And they, I hold them dear to my heart because it's about getting the mission out there. It's about spreading the love and the knowledge and the tools and the perspective. And so I'm so grateful to have been here with you today and I look forward to seeing what you do and yeah just if anybody wants to connect if they want to share their best takeaway from this podcast or anything at all I would love to connect just move with Ali on Instagram I'd love to hear from you and if our paths cross I always say it's never an accident it's always on purpose and so I look forward to connecting Absolutely. So go give her a follow. Move with Allie on Instagram. Mm. I'm tagging you all over the place and I'll share some clips from this podcast. Thank you again for taking the time out of your day. This was wonderful. Of course. Thank you so much. All the love. All the love.